Some things cannot be borrowed. Some things cannot be put off. And sometimes we can miss out on great opportunities. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. Weddings are unique events. DJ, would you agree with that? Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Because they require a lot of planning and readiness. And some, as you all know, I've certainly seen it, I know BJ has seen it, are better prepared than others. Many years ago, I officiated a wedding in Raleigh, North Carolina, and it seemed as though everything had been well prepared as the hour arrived, and the groom was waiting in the wings, filled with anxiety, as you would expect. His father and others were standing around helping him get ready for this event, this big event that had been planned a year in the making. The church was filled with close to 300 people, and the organist was well into his prelude. And so with about 10 minutes before the processions, I popped in to check on the bridal party, because it had been kind of quiet at that end of the building. And much to my surprise, the bride was sitting in a chair wearing blue jeans and a t-shirt. Her hair was not even fixed. And they were just beginning to put makeup on. I was shocked. My heart started racing. And so I said in a very pastoral way, but with some urgency, <laughs> today's message, you got it right. There are a lot of people in there waiting. You need to hurry. Well, much to my surprise, she looked right at me, and I'll never forget the moment she said, well, they'll just have to wait. Oh. <laughs> and so I turned around, my eyes were saucers, and I walked back and I reported this news to the groom, and of course he was even more anxious, and we waited, and we waited, and we waited. The organist played just about everything he could from the hymnal. <laughs> Regarding epiphany and more, Peter, you probably experienced this. <laughs> and folks were restless. Well, almost 40 minutes later, the bride appeared. And she seemed oblivious to what was happening. And many of the guests had gotten up and left. All I could do was think about that poor groom, the marriage, and his larger family going forward. But I'm happy to report that they are still married today. <laughs> Thanks be to God. How often in life do we find ourselves traveling along the highway at 70 miles per hour with the blinders on, focused in one direction, and then suddenly we're brought to a screeching halt, surprised, and 
unprepared in the moment. Situations that don't happen the way we assume or the way that we would like for them to. Those normal and comfortable things in life that we take for granted. You know what those are in your own life. Perhaps in an event. An event that we've been planning for unravels. And it doesn't go the way we assume that it will go. Perhaps our finances. Or perhaps our health. Maybe even the death of a loved one. Or a beloved pet. This morning, Jesus speaks about the unexpected cry that came at midnight. In ancient times, long wedding processions were led by the bridegroom. And they would usually wind through the towns and villages. And it was custom for anyone who was working in the fields or in town to drop in the moment what they're doing and join in on this procession. It was an honor to do so. In fact, many bridegrooms chose to come late at night. And therefore, the bridesmaids knew they would keep the bride company until the surprise arrival. That was their job. And in Jesus' parable this morning, half of the bridesmaids went to sleep. And then they were awakened, suddenly surprised. It was then that they realized that they did not have enough oil in their lamps to get them through the night. They were unprepared. And Jesus says they were foolish. Panicked, they attempted to borrow some from the other bridesmaids. But that would have been detrimental to those who had taken the time to prepare. So the five foolish maidens set out for oil, but when they returned, they discovered that the door has been closed. And they plead to the bridegroom for admission. And he said, if you belonged at this event, you would have already been present. And Jesus concludes, watch therefore, for you neither know neither the day nor the hour. First, we are told there are certain things which cannot be gotten at the last minute. It is far too late for a student to be preparing when the day of the examination has come. Raise your hand if you've waited until the day of the examination to prepare. <laughs> it's too late to acquire a skill or character when faced with an immediate task if one has not already received it. Those God-given things, those things that we earn and work toward. I once thought I had enough gas in the car to make it across town for this very important meeting. Guess what? I was foolish. So is the case with us and God. We must prepare. We must prepare 
for that meeting, which will be like no other meeting, when we're standing before the Almighty face to face. Second, we are warned that there are certain things which cannot be borrowed. We cannot borrow a relationship with God. We must possess it. As the commentator William Barclay said, we cannot always be living on the spiritual capital which others have amassed. Those that have preceded us in the faith, those who have preceded us in this beautiful church, those that created and built all that we see here this morning, to worship God. There are certain things that we must win and possess for ourselves, for we cannot borrow them from others. We must be prepared, or else we can miss out on great and incredible opportunities. And in this preparation, it is truly about you and me staying alert. Acting faithfully, prudently, generously, giving of ourselves and always to the workings of this place, its hopeful future, and that love and hope that you all know that's here, that I'm beginning to see and experience myself, that's here. It is a priority. It should be our priority. You know, I think of a man whose last days of life truly exemplify misplaced priorities, unpreparedness, and that foolishness that Jesus speaks of. It's, it's not that he didn't care, and it's not that he didn't have an abiding faith, because I truly believe he did. I got to know him. When he died, I thought to myself, this is nothing but a sermon that preaches to all of us. No matter where we find ourselves in life. You see, he believed that he had inherited millions upon millions of dollars. And yet he had nothing in the moment. He had lost so much before I knew him, even during the period of time that I did know him. He had lost so much because of very poor decisions he had made and incredible life tragedies that none of us expect. He sold absolutely everything even to the point where he was giving things away in the end, except for his wheelchair, his small home, and his pets. And yet in his mind, and in his consciousness, he was living on the promise of future capital and dreams he believed would mature at any moment. He would tell you, metaphorically, he'd already purchased 
a large farm in the south, a penthouse in the north, even a, an estate in Vermont, and a home in the islands. Who wouldn't love to have a home in the islands? And luxury, luxurious vehicles and other incredible things. He believed 100% that he had won the lottery, so much so that he was already in conversation with real estate agents in these various parts of the world. It was the purchase of borrowed time and denial. Yes, he knew about the realities of life and death, and he knew the realities of faith. I believe it. But it was distant. It was transcendent. It was a low priority in his life. Even after all of the things that he had experienced, the tragedies, the unbelievable tragedies, that none of us would want. None of us. But he was totally unprepared for the sudden, and I'm telling you, it was sudden, when the bridegroom came a call. Instantaneously, priceless things became worthless, and worthless things became priceless. There are events in the life journey which have the power to transform the way we view life in this world. Yes, Jesus speaks about the second coming. This passage, the gospel, alludes to it. The passage this morning from 1 Thessalonians alludes to the second coming. But the parable also speaks to us about being ready for all sorts of life events where we live now. These challenges that we will face, that we do face, and the ones that we will face and must face, must face directly as we confront ourselves and our own vulnerabilities. As Christians, we know that we do not know everything about life and creation. Although some claim that they do. But this we know. Suffering, illness, calamities, death can come at any moment. And we know the Lord will return in God's time and in God's directing. We can't control that. We cannot have any control over when that's going to happen. We were told even Jesus didn't know the hour. To be ready means to know within ourselves that we can handle any challenge and to be able to stand before God face to face. We do not want to be like the foolish maidens. It wasn't that they didn't want to be a part of the wedding or the procession or they did not care for the bridegroom. That wasn't it at all. They just figured that they would have enough time to get the oil that they needed or that the procession to the bank 
would have happened during the daylight hours. But it didn't. Alfred Tennyson, in his Idols of the King, adapted today's parable to write this about Queen Guinevere, who learned too late the cost of being unprepared. Late, late, so late in dark the night and chill. Late, late, so late, but we can enter still. Too late, too late, we cannot enter now. No light had we, for that we do repent. And learning this, the bridegroom will relent. Too late, too late, ye cannot enter now. No light so late, in dark and chill the night. Oh, let us in that we might find the light. Too late. Too late, you cannot enter now. Have we not heard the bridegroom is so sweet? Let us in, though late to kiss his feet. No. No, too late. You cannot enter now. Jesus says, don't be caught unprepared. Some things cannot be borrowed. Some things cannot be put off. And sometimes we can miss out on great opportunities. This is the good news. As we get prepared, it's always good news to know that with God and within the family of God, there is always, 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 always hope. Always. But we play, you and me, play a big, big part in this. Amen.